um, thanks for taking the time out of your day to, to have a chat with me um, on the show. And uh, also at the same time for people to, to really um, get to grips with what's happening so far uh, in the world. But most importantly, the topic that we're going to be talking about today, um, CPD, massive um, continual professional development. Um, I'm a big, huge fan of it. And uh, as as we were just saying then about different resources and different things that, that you can do during this time frame. Um, in particular, uh, once obviously, what, focus on rugby, because that is your <laughs> is your main sport um when when you're not when you're not um spending so much time at home um but yeah. in terms of in terms of coaching uh obviously we're we're in a tough time right now um cpd and rugby let's talk about it i know there's obviously a lot going well there there was obviously a lot going on um before obviously the lockdown um what sort of areas were, were really being focused on uh i, I think it's Pre, uh, kind of pre-lockdown, a lot of our kind of kind of say my work stuff within the RFU, a lot of it was CPD focus on just upskilling other coaches. Um, there's some cool stuff coming out, probably recent or coming up, or would have come out recently um, to get people's teeth into. Um, and I think everything's kind of being a little bit rebranded, re- refreshed um, in terms of say the principles of scrummaging, uh, just bringing new ideas, new concepts to the game. Uh, around just around the scrum and how we build it and how we coach it more importantly uh, I think how it was coached probably to me as a as a nine-year-old would be very different to, to how it's coached now even though similarities are still there positions still there body positions still there um, the idea of just put your head there and push is is massively different now so that's probably uh, a really key thing to look at um, one of the kind of core CPDs that has kind of really hit our kind of in terms of our rugby world um, has hit us Kind of recently, so um, yeah, that's probably the biggest one um, I'd say to to have a look at as well. One one thing that we were were speaking about last week, and um, which I really think was really important, was uh, understanding uh, educational needs and the types of educational needs that are attached to that. Now, one area we just spoke about, which you just mentioned, was scrummaging. Now. That, that in itself is a huge, huge area. Um, I myself, I played back row uh, and front row, respectively, over the years. But when we look at scrummaging as a whole, what what, what other areas are there within that, um, that that you think really need to be honed in on? I think uh, I think actual just mobility. Uh, like as much as we talk about kind of body positions and, and actually just pushing and stuff, it's mobility. Can have we got players that can get into that position? Um, you know, say scrummaging. Like you've got all players playing all positions, which would be ideal. But um, knowledge of everywhere as well. You know, you, you've kind of. For me, my time was very limited in the front row. I think it was one year under under nines, and and that was it. And I never played there again. <laughs> um, and I, I wouldn't ever go back there. Um, hindsight's a great thing, and I wish. Probably, I'd learn to play play there a little bit more. If no, uh, <laughs> oh, may be worth be worth fortunes, be worth millions now. Be signing big old deals, contracts be great. Um, but no, I think I think in, in terms of front row, I think is the ability to play across all of them as well. And and, and it's not just pigeonhole, especially when you're, you're coaching kids. Don't stop pigeonhole them into and into a real early um, early position, if that makes sense. Um, just because you never know what they're going to do, but actually, if they have a good understanding of it, they 
and then we coach it in the right way and, and coach it in a fun way and don't just just have it a scrum after scrum after scrum just have like little mini games that you know you'll learn and you'll pick up and you're through just watching other coaches and how you can adapt a fun game into maybe a scrummaging game whatever it needs to be um that would really help as well just make make all kind of sessions fun and i think that's kind of where cpds would help and cpds do help is um is in turn is yeah it just helps that way because you get your creative kind of mind going allows you to kind of adapt and change into to different ways of thinking and do do you think that that's something that necessarily people aren't doing as much of or do you think that there's just a it, it's not been delivered in the right way so that the coaches know how to then deliver it to their players uh, I think probably coaches think they I think I know I was probably a prime example of it at 18 from as a as a player at 18 I think I knew everything about coaching uh, I was like yeah I'm the finished article I'm 18 I've played rugby of course I can coach um, <laughs> and heaven forbid I, that, that wasn't that's not true clearly um, but it, it's I think it's we have a tendency as coaches to probably coach the way we were coached or um, we just coach the way that we know because that's the easiest way to do it you know no one likes to be put in a, a situation where it's a new environment like right? you know yourself starting on your coaching journey um, it's it's uh, some real tough places to, to go and learn and to understand um, just who you are as a person and who you are as a coach. And I think a lot of coaches probably would just coach the way they want to coach and then they don't make it fun. And therefore kids would, and adults even just, just become disinterested um, in, in what you're doing. Uh, unless we're kind of learning new ways and understanding new ways to coach uh, and new ways to engage with kids, then then we're not going to go anywhere with with a sport, or let alone as a coach. So um, for me, I think it's that's the, the key driver is to continue to learn, develop, uh, progress, and make it fun, and make it, make boring things fun. Because um, you'll have um, just even in within your coaching, make make little challenges for each other to to progress and have fun, and and it, it just breeds a really good culture to to develop different things. Part of that as well that I've noticed is it actually gets people's thought processes actually changing. They actually change the way that they they think because a lot of people, yeah, like you say, they've got this way of learning and way of coaching that's been installed to them by one person that essentially they're going to be stuck in that in, in that thought process. And just by having someone bringing a new concept into the environment makes such a big difference, doesn't it? Yeah, I think bringing, uh, it's interesting, I was listening to kind of, we talk about CPDs and and we think that we have to get out of, you have to get out of bed to, to go and do them. But I think with this lockdown, there's so many CPDs out there that you learn from different people's environments. So, um, you know, some, some great webinars out there about business and sport and how it links and, and taking ideas from business people um, into how how they onboard, you know, new clients. Hello?
Well, hey Tom. Yeah, sorry about that. Don't know what happened there. That's right. Oh. <laughs> Ten yeah. So you're saying, yeah, sorry. So when when they were talking about onboarding new clients, yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of like a way that I never looked at it in terms of, you know, always learning. I think they say this, it gives a good time to learn is let's onboard, um, trying to onboard like a, a new client to, to you um, and to how you coach and actually go, well, how do you like to be coached? So, we, you know, you mentioned a minute ago about the educational needs and types and, and different parts um, of, of coaching is, is actually – develop your different coaching styles to allow for more players to, to have an interaction and have a better time at, at wherever you're coaching would be, be a good way to look at it. So you're trying to figure out with them and have a conversation with them about what's worked for them before and then have a look at um, how then that would work with you and how, you know, and how they then fit into your cogs and your system Um rather than just trying to put them in straight away, actually figure out them and, and then what works for them and where they've come from and their journey first. So a bit of interpersonal stuff to um, so just, just try and grow your team and grow your understanding of that player. And then and then taking that on board, then you're able to implement the strategy that fits obviously the way they work and then adapting to that. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, we, we every club will have new players, you know, that come down and, and, you know, we've all experienced as players, you go to a new club or go somewhere new and go, right, this is how we play, this is what I want you to do. And all of a sudden you're like, well, okay, I'm, I'm, you kind of feel on the back foot mm. um, because you're you're trying to fit into a system that may have worked for years or, or not worked or you're, you're just trying to fit into their system. Um, and very rarely have I, probably never have I had a coach sit down and say, look, you know, what system works for you? what's best for you and, and how do we how do we adapt that how do we change that and, and how best you learn new new ways um, and I think that's you know we talk about just development as, as coaches and continuing to develop youth into personal skills and, and relationships that's that's a key one I think that that's probably coming to the foreground more and more and more uh, within coaching is is rather coach individuals rather than just coach by numbers as well but then surely that that would that should be something that should be starting from a, a youngish age all the way up through, wouldn't it? Or, or is that not something that happens right now? Uh, I don't think it happens right now. I think uh, because of time constraints, I think if you're uh, – it should it should happen, but it probably doesn't because of time constraints. Everyone's kind of rushing for the next game or rushing for the next festival or rushing to to get their under, under sevens, eights or nines, kind of defending in the flat line when as soon as the whistle goes, they all just run off. Um, kind of embrace that and just go, look, if you're all just going to run after the ball, then let's create something around that and, and create a pattern around that, that works for that um, or at least allow them to, to do that and understand why it might not work. Um, that that would be, you know, if we could get that in earlier and getting more one-to-one feedback with players uh, and conversations with players later on in, in their playing careers, it would massively help, you know, sitting down with a player as, a, as an adult and going, here's your feedback, da, 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 what's your feedback from me? And having those conversations become more constructive rather than almost like a, a performance review and a job review. It's actually, let's build on this rather than, you know, one person sitting there quite defensive because they feel they're being attacked is actually it's continual feedback that they've always had. So it's nothing new. It's nothing changed. It's nothing different. Um, and that, that's just going to make everyone get better in the long run, I would say. That's something that's that's quite interesting that you say that because um, 
I use uh, FBT uh, with my clients on a one-to-one basis. And it's always continued feedback because without the feedback base, I'm not able to then look at the next two, four or or eight-week cycles um, in terms of fitness preparation for that sport. So it's interesting that that principle um, that we use on a one-to-one basis, if it could be adapted into the rugby world, it would it would change things massively, wouldn't it? Oh yeah, and I think that it, it's it's slowly getting there with it's slowly slowly getting there. But in terms of a senior level, I don't think it happens at a junior level at all, uh, or at least a, a minis level. As you know, when they're younger, you know, twelve-year-olds, they don't want feedback, they don't want one-to-ones, or they might do. Mm. Um, but it'd be interesting to know. And how many coaches, you know, we were doing a, a club thing the other night and somebody said to me, you know, what do you look for in a, a young, uh, what do you look for in a young player um, in terms? And I would just said, well, actually, why do we not ask the players? What do they look for in a coach? And, and it, it kind of sat back and the coach was like, well, yeah, I never really asked my players. What would they look for in a, in a good coach? What do they see as a, as a good coach? Um, and then adapt your style to what they see as a, as a good coach to make sure that, they're getting the best thing um, rather than us always going, oh, I want the player to be this type or this type or this type or, or this amount of coachability and, and whatever it needs to be. Actually just ask them, well, what do you want from a coach rather than what do I want from a player? Um, it would help for that. And I think if you do it as a junior level, as, a, as an adult, um, it would help us as adults. You know, you tell us about your experiences as well, but you know, my experience from as a playing side of it, when the only time we'd have performance reviews would probably be at Christmas and at the end of the year when you're kind of looking at your new contract or whatever it needs to be. Um, it's, yeah, you're doing well, or actually, yeah, we're going to let you go. Um, very rarely was there any kind of feedback throughout the year, um, which, you know, is always a shame. So it's something that I've, probably try to bring in kind of from a personal point of view is to, to my players is to, to really kind of promote feedback to them um, and, you know, develop them and continually develop them and continue to develop my needs and, and as a coach to, you know, as uh, to get better, you know, my needs as a coach is always to get better and to always achieve what I can achieve and be the best I can be. So um, getting feedback from players is often quite brutal. It can be very brutal. Um, it definitely was this year, if I'm honest. <laughs> um, okay. But it is going to make me get better. Uh, and you can always just change and adapt. And, and if you can't get better, then find a way to get better. I think, it, I think is, is how it should be looked at. It, it, following on from that, then, wouldn't it be better? Wouldn't wouldn't there be some sort of? Well, I suppose this could work, but possibly an introduction of a of a, a ten point survey, just a short. Tick, tick boxes, maybe. Satisfaction. Yeah, I think I think tick, like a customer yeah. satisfaction survey. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, at the end of the day, we spoke about this the other day, isn't it? It's, if you're coaching, then who's your clients? You've got to, you know. I think um, if I if I'm coaching, then you know everyone goes, oh, what does the chair want, or what does the director of rugby want, or, or what what do they want? I actually, go, what does what does my client want? Yeah. What is the guys that um, what are the guys that I'm coaching want? Uh, but it's also You've got to be careful of those massively, I think, because what they think they want, they might get and then not want it and not like it. Um, and like I say, my experiences this year is is kind of gone to a new club and was like, oh, this is what we want. And that's what they got. And then kind of towards the end of the year, kind of around, I think it was December, maybe January, February, January time. Um 
was kind of a conversation was uh oh actually we don't like this we we thought we wanted this we thought we wanted this honesty we wanted this uh which was delivered and, and given and then it was a case of oh actually no i'd rather just the, the yarn round and a nice fluffiness uh back to, to us um because they hadn't had that before they hadn't had the harshness and reality um so i think it's also uh be careful what you wish for sometimes uh in terms of those and, and when you get it then embrace it accept it and then think about ways you can change it as well so uh yeah it's a, a 10 point survey would be great but everyone's opinions will be different because again as we've said you know their needs and how you feed back to them will be really different you know i don't know what you found within within your environments but for me that's that's kind of a always a learning moment when you when you figure out how somebody learns best or receives feedback best yeah and when you when you're looking at it on a see it's different when you're looking at it from a team perspective versus an individual so they're always going to be different they're always going to be different what no matter the circumstances you're always going to get a different outcome from whatever whatever place you get it from so it's um from from an individual's perspective um i think that getting bad feedback in the first instance is is good uh, and the reason why i say that is because then you're able to learn and adapt what they want and then also what you have to be able to to meet in the middle that's the important thing is being able to bridge the gap between what they want and what you you can do to help them to progress so having your own principles in place is is is, is amazing but also at the same time you need to know when you're going to get it or if you're going to get bad feedback how to be able to accommodate for it and i think that that's that's a, that's an important part of um cpd because i think that we speak about it a lot people love positive feedback okay but does it necessarily help them grow no i don't think it does because i want there to be problems so that i'm able to then go away think about it understand it learn from it then come back with a uh, an explanation that actually justifies that would you would you agree with that or yeah i think again it comes down to the person for me i you know you could do 101 good things or 100 good things but i want to know the one thing that i could have done better um and i'm probably quite critical of myself around that you know everyone's like oh this is you know you've done well in this or that and i'm like yeah but there could have been something what have i could i do better uh, so i think it does depend on the individual you know some some uh, individuals love having the smoke kind of just blown up the backsides um, and they love it and they, they want all the positive and just positive, positive, positive. One negative will destroy them. Uh, but then you get others that, you know, probably like me and yourself that you want to strive to kind of get better. And so therefore we always look for those negatives, look for how to get better and how to improve. Um, but yeah, if, if we start around, actually, this is what, or maybe even kind of reverse it to, to the point where you go, well, what do you want to get better at what do you think you could get better at where's your work on because they could be a million miles away from your thinking and your thought process um so it's probably aligning your thinking as well um to continually develop and make people better is, is just aligning thought processes you don't have to be um that's not me saying you have to agree you can completely disagree but it's just aligning the thought processes of maybe a player or uh, you know a client saying that look i want to look at this or i can need to get better at my Know, my lifting or kind of my squat technique and you'll go well actually it's not it's not that it's just you need to look on how you approach the bar for example um it's completely you know very two different trains of thought but actually if you can align them about where you go um you'll get 
maybe a 50-50 matchup in the middle. Um, and then you can kind of really kind of continually develop and, and excel in, in what you're doing. Um, uh, from 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 that, then, if we were to take that example, to obviously someone's going through a process, and they say they're, they're players at one club, now they might a year down the line go to a different club, um, and from that, um, we mentioned something the other day, which was the the fear, comfort, and growth phases. Now, that, that comes into it quite a lot because if you're, say, for instance, learning and trying to adapt one process in one club, you'd go to another. You'd be thinking that you would want to revert back to the things that make you comfortable, wouldn't you? Uh, yes, I think you would. I think you need to... You kind of try and, and carry some... Um, what's the word? You try and carry just some of that across with you just so you have a... A, I don't know, something to grab hold of. It's a safety and net. you want to feel in that. Yeah, it is that safety net, and you go back to a pattern of, of what you want to do. Um, but then I think that you you have to go through that that first bit of well, actually, you know, I've been at a club for so long, I've gone to a new club, I'm going to branch out and do something different. You know, especially within coaching, you try and change the pattern, change the structure um, because you've had a, a you know a summer to, to you know you've got the gig or forever how long you've got the gig and you try and kind of learn and learn and learn and trying to think about how things could change. Um, and, you know, I found it probably in my own perspective at the beginning of this year where I tried to change something new and first game it worked and I was like, oh, okay, well, this is great. Um, and then had a fair bit of a decent form run, a couple of games won, a couple of games lost, and then went through probably a, a real dry spell of, of games where we just weren't winning games um, for couldn't couldn't buy a win, literally couldn't buy it, um, and that's when you kind of understand that kind of that real fear zone going. Oh, actually, you know, where am I going to go from here? Oh, this you know this player's been injured, or that player's been injured, or I haven't got this one, and you know the old probably probably in rugby clubs, especially you get all the old boys come up to you and start throwing their opinions about you know ones that have been there for a long time. Yeah, and, and it's not <laughs> a bad thing, and they're going, oh, you know, back in my day we used to do this, or yeah. <laughs> we were better last year, or we were better than you know three years ago. I was like, yeah, but three years ago you were playing at like a kind of a, a CB league where these guys probably could have walked over that league, kind of not even doing anything. Uh, or being coached uh, and you do you do genuinely question yourself a lot and, and I think it's around um, you've got to be very very open as a coach uh, and this is where probably I've learned most about my coaching is is just be open to people's opinions and people um, people that you trust I'd say more than anything um, to to be honest with you and say actually look you're doing the right thing, back yourself, go for it. And I kind of think it takes you out of that kind of that lack of confidence element of it because as a coach, it, it can massively be in that horrible fear zone and you can go you go one way, you go from that fear zone back to comfort and just go, well, okay, we'll, we'll just, you guys kind of as players, you guys know what works for you, go and do it. Um, or you try and kind of go the other way in terms of that learning and go, well, actually, this is the problem. People might have just worked out how we play or we, we're not. We're trying to play a style that doesn't fit us anymore. Um, I think you acquire, like I said, around Christmas, January time, the, the skill of just being a bit softer with players and, and just kind of just being a bit more fluffy with them and, and ego tripping some of them worked. Um, and, and the boys all of a sudden um, – started picking up and performances were a lot better and that's really worked. And kind of from there, it's kind of 
given us a, a new purpose within the club. It, you know, the end result for for where we were wasn't wasn't where we wanted to be. Um, and having a chat with some of the players yesterday and kind of a online stuff is just we've now got a purpose. We've now got something to set a new goal and and to, and they've all got kind of objectives that that they want to achieve. Some players will retire at the end of the year, so they don't want to be where they're at. Um, they want to be kind of in a better place and, and leave the club in a better place than, than where they found it. So, you know, I think as a as a group, we've all got kind of new goals and we've asked the players to set out those goals and they'll be going up on a wall somewhere in the club um, as and written up in, in spray paint or whatever they want to do and however they want to design it to kind of paint up the changing rooms as well rather than just the boring white that we see. Um, so, so their goals are going to be there and it's not just about us growing, it's about the players growing as well. And the club that grow um, is quite embryonic, I'd say, from, from where it is. So trying to put it into a new light in, in a growth kind of element of it. We, um, we're going to grow together and it's going to be quite a interesting couple of years to, to see what happens with it, I'd say. That's amazing, that is. That, that, that's a really good thing, actually, is being able to actually create your own identity. Um, because we, we see a lot of change rooms and they are bland and boring. <laughs> Um, do you think that the the creating the new identity will give them a sense of a positive outcome that they'll be able to go out there and say, do you know what, we've done this to create something new um, to help us through 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 um, through the season that that will give us a well, it will give us the results or what, what's, I think what's the outcome for it? Yeah, I think for, for, for me, the outcome is just going to be for them to, to have a stop check every time we train. You know, every Tuesday, Thursday, you walk into the same the same changing room. Uh, you, you kind of change in the same spot. You know, every player that kind of I know where I, I used to go and in, into kind of playing is going to the changing rooms, get there nice and early, just so I could have the back left, back right-hand corner as you walked in. Loved it. Literally, just that was my spot, and I never changed from that. So we're creatures of habit, and I know guys I coach now that they'll have their own changing spots. They'll they'll stay in a particular, you know, area. Some of them will come out early for warm up. Some of them won't. Um, but the idea is just create an identity for them individually, so that they they have something to to kind of check themselves on as well um, throughout the year, rather than just kind of them floating away from the club or because of life commitments. And we understand that it's just almost a, a stopgap and a, a, almost a a mental check before they go out and train or before they go out and play about what they're trying to achieve and, and a bigger picture about what we're trying to achieve as a, as a club um, and as a team and as kind of a, as a senior group about what we're trying to achieve. So it's almost just like a, I don't know, a little bit of learning for them to just, I don't know, just just sit with them before they go out and train to, to have a look and go, right, that's what we're trying to achieve. That's, no matter what goes wrong, that's that's got to be kind of above everything else. Um, you know, not above me as a player, but not above kind of, you know, other guys, but, you know, just just how they're going to create that as a squad as well. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it definitely makes sense. I think people then will start realising that they, they aren't just a number um, with, within a team. They're actually... They're part of the the bricks and mortar, which I think is amazing because a lot of clubs they they don't instill that within within their players, and I think that it's um it, it's definitely important because it it is part of their 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 development. It is part of them because it, it's creating something that they're able to say, look, we were part of this, we built the foundations for this, and this is how we're going to leave it, um, and not how we found it. 
So it's um it's truly inspiring from that sense. Uh, and I think in terms of the players themselves, they'll then understand what what educational needs and, and types of things that they'll start looking for from from that moving forward. Um, what I'd be right in saying. Yeah, exactly that. Um, and, and hopefully that they can, you know, probably take that further and educate the younger guys coming through, um, and really kind of just generate a good, a good environment, a good culture for everyone to kind of use and and play in and and be a part of, um, you know. And that and that's part of it. We're not, you know, we're not even talking about goals about winning. It's just about their own personal goals. You know, I've probably got a couple of forwards that will probably retire at the end of the year. So what's their goal? It's it's just going to be, you know, maybe play three games more than they did last year. So let's have a chat with, you know, the Fizz and, and the SNC guys to make sure that they get those three games. So it's little goals and it just kind of puts everyone on a, in a better place as well um, as, a, as a whole group to, to like to achieve something more in terms of bricks and mortar and that they're then a part of. Uh, that's definitely very, very important, not only for for during the season, uh, but also like like I said before, um, from from life after, um, so to speak. Um, but we know how important CPD is. We know that. I think a lot of people listening to this right now will start thinking, "Well, okay, what can I start doing to make myself better each day?" Um, in terms of your own CPD, um, what sort of things would you recommend to people to start looking at? And say, let's let's look at rugby specific, specifically. Yeah, uh, so for me, it's a hard one because obviously with my work with the RFU, you become uh, kind of, you deliver courses. So you deliver pretty much all of our CPDs bar kind of some safeguarding ones. Um, so in terms of our CPDs, it's very hard for us to then go on them, if that makes sense. So we'll obviously have the training and understand what they look like in terms of how we then deliver them. Um, but very rarely do we actually just go on them. Um, it's pretty pretty easy to figure out if one of us is on a course because you see another kind of thing that are a few truck in a car park so you can't even kind of slide yourself onto a course subtly um just to kind of see what it feels like (laughs) (laughs) from a a player's capacity then because there's a lot there's a lot out there um in terms of in terms of rugby itself uh i myself I'm, i'm looking at some different uh cpd stuff uh rugby specific and also outside of that um but more importantly, it should players just be looking at their own particular area, or would you say having a uh, having well going to to as many as possible is a good idea? Um, I think go go to as many as you can. I think you know, the best way you you learn is to be, I know we spoke about this last week. The best coaches are thieves, um, and people are going to kind of maybe raise an eyebrow to that. But you, you <laughs> take what you want, and you take what you want from somebody else, and and you apply it to your setting and your context. And then what you can do from that is, is if you like something, you know, listening to a webinar today and had some conflicting ideas about the guy that was speaking, but it doesn't make him wrong. It just makes that his opinion. Um, and, and I'll take what I, what I kind of liked from it and, and disregard what I didn't like. But that, that's how it is. It's, it's go, go, and go as far and wide as you can. Look at other sports as well. You know, we always talk about CBDs within rugby, but um, as a player, just – just you know, look at ways to make yourself better. Look at look at the best in the world, and then relate yourself to where they are, where they are, where they were. Um, for example, you know, where were they 
at your age equivalent, what were they doing, types of things they were doing. Don't look at the, the end product, look at the, the starting product and then build towards that end. So timeline stuff is quite cool um, to do in that. Um, but, you know, life gets in, in the way of things. Um, so you, you think it's just knowledge as well to, to go around and look at other players and ask players as well. I don't think we probably use enough of our individual resources as people, as players, um, to ask another player, you know, how do you get better at this? Um, and hopefully they'll help you out and hopefully they're not going to be the guy that, that will just tell you to go away you know ask for five minutes at the end of a, a training session with I know a guy in the year above a senior player you know somebody that's been there a little while that, that understands it and, and see how they honed their game for an extra four or five minutes after training it costs no one it's only a little bit of time to, to make you better so hopefully we could that that as a player is to, to go and do um, if you're a player looking to get into coaching then by all means, you know, the RFU CPDs are great because what you know as a player is very different to how you'd coach it. Uh, so for me, it's kind of your base kind of base stones is the RFU stuff. Um, it's it's key to, I think, the, the basic principle and of you as a coach and giving you a basic knowledge and understanding of, of then how to develop yourself and, and where you see yourself. Um, to, to I think that's where I would start. Personally, if I was kind of a fresh out of the box, um, and then going forward, I think there's there's loads of webinars and stuff around. You know, the guys at the Magic Academy uh, have got really interesting stuff. Um, but again, it's 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 what you like, and you know, yes, some of the stuff I agree with. It's coaching through games, it's understanding. But I think you have to have an under, a better understanding of coaching than than there's a ball, there's there's these conditions go and play. Uh, because what you'll find is that they'll just play and you're facilitating, you're not coaching. You've got to then coach within that. You've got to, you know, give feedback on the run. You've got to help your players grow and develop um, as a coach. So stuff from like the guys like the Magic Academy, Rusty and Fletch, mm. we really kind of, they kind of influenced me really early on in terms of my kind of RFU coaching journey as well. Uh, and they've been into kind of my divisional pathway and stuff. Um, but then other coaches that you just, see pick up the phone drop them a line on twitter or instagram or wherever you're kind of social media in a, a, you know these times and and see if they're available for a chat because i guarantee a lot of them that you might think might say no might actually say yes or even one in ten might say yes and you can just just gain knowledge from that you know you, you kind of we talk about this conversation now how we all started was a uh, drop me a line on linkedin and, and we've kind of kicked on from there so um you just ask, I think, is, is the best thing. And, and, you know, ask questions and, and ask for stuff and ask for, you know, I've done it. And you ask and you kind of sit there and about this bit like that awkward text you send and you sit there and go, oh, are they going to come back to me? Are they not? Um, and when they do, you just jump at the chance to try to get more knowledge and, and gain more knowledge from, from what they what they have because they've been there, they've done it. So, um, so learn from them. Um, it helps you to not cut a corner, but it helps you to see a bit more clarity in, in your thinking as a coach. Yeah, that was just going back to what you said then. Yeah. Um, I, I think that that's a massive thing personally. Uh, if you're not proactive in wanting to obviously better yourself, uh, don't ever feel like you're putting, putting someone out. If, if that makes sense, because, um, when I was younger, I, I always thought that it was, uh, I thought I would be doing myself not, not any justice by doing it because I'd always feel like I'd be putting them out or I feel like I'm being rude. Um, but as you grow up, you start to realise that people, when they start having a vested interest in, in your life, because they've been there, 
they're actually the best people to ask. So for me to ask you to to give me some advice, I think was was amazing. And, and from them, yeah, we've that was six, seven months ago now. Yeah, so, that was a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> was, I think it was just before Christmas. Yeah, I think it was. I think we were on. Uh, I think I was on on leave, just getting kind of prepping for my wedding, and I was like, "Yeah, fine, let's, let's have a chat," and then you went from there. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but but I think it's also knowing the level to ask as well. I think it's it's you know if I if I'm coaching in an amateur environment, go and have a chat with a coach that maybe a couple of levels up in that amateur environment. I, I think there's because you may go and ask maybe a professional coach, and they might go off and on a thousand or one things, but you're like, yeah, but you get these guys for kind of three or four hours a day, set six days a week. So what they're able to achieve with them will be greater. Um, and I'm not saying don't go and do that. I'm just saying kind of be realistic about who you're approaching maybe in terms of your individual contacts and, and one-to-one um, questions yeah, with people. Yeah, 100%. And I think that's the thing as well is that um, – that they've it's got to be relatable to the environment that you're in yeah. because without that you can't then utilize what information you've actually extracted from that person yeah uh, then it just becomes maybe you know oh i spoke to this person once upon a time rather than i spoke to this person and i've got this i've gained this and this is how i'm going to be better uh, and, and really kind of use that as well um but, you know, it doesn't always have to be a case of talking to people. I think we, we rely heavily on, oh, you know, I've got to, especially now when we can't really go, well, you're not allowed out or you can't go out or it's times like that. It's just finding stuff as well, like quality stuff. So a couple of people that recently that I've, you know, um, I've been kind of looked through is the Rugby Bricks stuff from, from them. It's, a, it's kind of a bit of a shout out to them. But, you know, their technical detail um, from him is, is unreal. Um and I think that it's just finding good quality stuff to look at rather than just trying to put a blanket over everything, kind of know what you want to know, go and find that out and then go and learn something else as well. Yeah, that's, that's massive as well. Like um, this is just going off on a little bit of a tangent, but recently what I started thinking about was creating an education hub now, what that's actually done is is that it's given people the accessibility to resource information that's specific to them, but specifically designed for health and fitness. Now, that's perfect, but what I've done then from that point moving forward is I've actually, because I'm a sports performance coach, it's relevant to, to athletes. So they can come to that place, they can get the information they need, whether it be um, podcasts, whether it be uh, informative information, whether it be uh, academic research articles. Um, there's always a bit of information for people out there that, that if they want it uh, and it's relevant to them, that they, that they, can, they can get. Yeah, I think that that'd be key. Um, yeah, I think the RFU website's got some great stuff on it. Some some good podcasts coming out recently from them guys, and some good webinars. Um, oh yeah, some yeah, like being a rugby coach stuff. You know, I think Eddie Jones is on one on Friday as well. Mm. Um, uh, and like I say, it's it's having a lot of his stuff that he talks about is is relatable because he's been there, he's done it. He's you know he's put his boots on uh, the bottom end to the top end. Um, but what he does. At, you know, England men's senior level is could be related to, I don't know, like an under 12 session kind of in a muddy park, but it's just contextualize it and, and put it in the right kind of the right frame that 
your under kind of under 11s under 12s would be able to grasp rather than somebody that does it six days a week as well so um i think those are the best people the people best coaches are the ones that a give up their time but also put it in a way that you'd understand it rather than in a way that they understand it um because yeah. otherwise otherwise it just gets lost and it kind of does become that that waste of waste of time as kind of we mentioned earlier well, it could be. It could have been the same situation. I could have sent you a message, and then you could have said something in a completely different way, and it would have. It would have literally just been, "Oh yeah, so I had a conversation with so and so about six months ago. It didn't go anywhere." Whereas now it's a case of, "Well, I actually can actually talk and have a relatable conversation because the information that you give to me, and I also can. Well, I like to feel that I reciprocate it. <laughs> oh, massive." Um, <laughs> it, it, it benefits both sides of the coin. It's not just one one specific thing. So, in terms of um, the the uh, well, we're 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 in a tough time right now. Yeah. Um, what what do you see on the the horizon uh, in terms of people looking at development uh, prior to next season, uh, and and also as well, what what's what's coming up for for you in the in the, in the coming weeks and months ahead. Uh, yeah, I think well on the horizon. I think in terms of, I think players. It'd be interesting to see which teams are stronger. I'd, I'd say that in terms of uh, conversations between players, between coaches and players. Um, so, sort of kind of things we're doing for, for me is some player profiles for 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 our guys. Um, quite a lot of coaches will do them, but then we're going to have almost like a a one to one Zoom chat after once they've kind of filled out their elements of it. Um, to create their action plan because it's all well and good me writing an action plan but then it's just words on paper whereas if I have a conversation so hopefully my rapport with my seniors group will be a lot better um, but it's also given me time to have a bit more of a, an in-depth chat with with different people in within our club um, we you know it, I think we've had really good chat and we've made really good strides in just the kind of two or three weeks we've been locked down which has been quite nice because um, there's nothing else on my plate. So it's just been kind of plowing through that and, and making real good headway. Uh, and I think a lot more around coach development. Coach development is going to be key on the horizon, I think, in terms of sport and rugby. Um, it, it just has to be because if we want more people being active, and I think after this, more people will hopefully want to get active. So actually, we've got to have the best coaches um, to provide the best players. And that's where CPDs are going to be are going to be key because, you know, if we can upskill coaches, there's, there's going to be more contact time with more players, and therefore we're going to get better players um, and better people as well, not just, like I say, the playing element of it. Um, so that's where I think it'll be. I think there'll be a big push into how do we relate to people more, um, and how do we build better rapport with people, conversations, healthier conversations, um, more genuine conversations, but also how have we developed. Um, to be a better coach or be a better person to, to help them on their journey as well. I think that that's going to be kind of the key in the next kind of 12 months or six months once, once all of this changes um, to really see kind of where people are on their journeys. It's it, it's gonna it's gonna change rapidly, uh, and I think a lot of people are gonna need to start thinking about that development pathway before before looking at um, getting back into obviously the the nitty gritties of of coaching, um, because yeah, it, it, it's it's going to change. Yeah. But um, Chris, um, really appreciate you taking time today to to come onto the show, and. Uh, yeah, we'll definitely stay in contact and obviously seeing seeing what unfolds 
uh, over the coming months ahead. Um, but other than that, from me today, thank you very much for, for coming on. And, uh, well, enjoy enjoy the rest of the day and yeah. the rest of your week. Pleasure, mate. You too. Keep safe and uh, catch on the other side of this.